Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I am your host, Viz, and today we are joined by Martin Harris, who has appeared in the latest season of Stranger Things, Better Call Saul, and is now in Amsterdam, which is currently playing in theaters. Martin, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm feeling great and uh, happy to be on the show. Uh, we are very happy to uh, to talk with you, and let's get you know started. Uh, I was looking over your credentials on IMDb, and you started out in 1985 as a young actor, and then you took this break uh, and returned back to the screen in 2008. Uh, in that time period, is that when you really got the passion reignited for you for acting? So here's the thing. Uh, like the credit that I have on IMDb from 1985, I believe it's a mistake. And uh, I emailed them many, many times about it because uh, I was like seven years old at the time I lived in East Berlin and partially in Poland and my, with my father, who is a professor of history of arts. And I was thinking I'm going to be a professor of history myself. So, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't do that one, but everything after 2008 is, is pretty much me. However, I'll tell you this. I, uh, when I was 15, I started a heavy metal band, and for three years I thought that will be my future, and then it didn't happen. And then I took a break from, let's so-called so artistic life, uh -huh. and then it came back to me and, and in a form of acting, yes. Okay, great. And if you want, you know, I have tons of experience of IMDb. If it is, if you do want it off, I can get it off there for you, just to really? let you know. Yeah, I can great. definitely get it off there for you. Great. Now, you have uh, worked uh, as a consultant. You've done some voice work as well. Mm -hmm. Do you like to keep yourself flexible and experience the different facets of the entire entertainment industry? I do. I do. Uh, in the past, I would say I... I did too much, too many things, you know, not just in the entertainment industry, but overall, I wrote books I, for, for 15 years. I was a sports broadcaster before I even started acting. So I've done a lot of different things. Now I see the benefit of those experiences in my acting life because I have a lot of things, a lot of things from my past I can refer to and build, mm -hmm. you know, from, from that type of experience. But now I just focus on the entertainment industry. I would say acting and, and voice acting, those are my two main things. But, uh, but I've also written a few, few scripts and, and I also have a concept of the TV show that I'm, that I'm pitching right now. So, so that side of me is still there. Nice. Uh, so like we said, you appeared in the latest season of, Tr of Stranger Things. You were a prisoner alongside David Harbour who plays Hopper. Now, uh, Walking on to that Stranger Things set, being a massive Netflix show, what were your impressions? So, at the end of 2020, which was a very tough year, because I just finished shooting Red Notice in Atlanta, and the next day we have pandemic, and I don't work for like six, seven months. Um, I, I remember I was having my New Year's uh, wishes new year's resolutions and i wish myself to be on uh, better call Saul and stranger things and so and both things actually happen so, nice. so if people don't believe in the power of new year new year's eve wishes <laughs> I can it works it works so i went to atlanta to shoot stranger things right after i finished amsterdam so i finished amsterdam and then i got uh, i got an email from my agent that i got stranger things you know which was incredible because i was a huge fan of the show and um it was extremely secretive. They didn't tell me anything. I was getting uh, sites for the scene we we're shooting 
the next day around 10, 11 p.m. previous day. Wow. And we were through a link that only one person can download pretty much, you know, so they were very, very secretive. I couldn't tell anybody I'm on Stranger Things until it aired. I couldn't put it on my uh, websites. I couldn't, couldn't make it public that I'm on the show. But at the same time, uh, what an incredible adventure. And because of it was in the middle of pandemic, it started with a long quarantine. And we were quarantined for like two weeks in a hotel in Atlanta. And then we were shooting um, fifth and sixth episode. Then they added the seventh episode uh, in the middle of me shooting the fifth and sixth episode. Uh, which created a little bit of stress because I was already booked on the Gray Man. And now I started, you know, worrying if I would be able to make it to the Gray Man. <laughs> luckily enough, I flew, like when I finished my last day on Stranger Things, I flew out of Atlanta with the last plane, which was 11 p.m. And I was doing my fitting 7 a.m. in Long Beach the next day. Wow. Well, you know, that's a good type of busy to be. Uh, so all those Russian scenes in the prison, they were all shot in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I from, from, that, from that arc, yes. But I know that some of the scenes they did in the, I think, second episode and, or even part of the third episode, which is his first time in the prison where the character played by Tom Blaschka is, is the, still the prison guard. Then he mm-hmm. gets in prison. He's yeah. with us, the prisoners. I think some of it they shot in Lithuania before pandemic. Okay. So were a lot of the scenes just inside of a soundstage? Is that where you did the primary shooting? No, they built the whole prison in Atlanta. They built it. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. It was was the whole, the whole set was just for this Russian, for this Russian um, arc. Uh, There was plenty on different stages. There there was like the full prison and they had uh, cells and and they had this yard and, and they had... uh, the, the tunnel and uh, they had the guy who played the demo organ. He was a very tall guy in a green suit. Uh, yeah, it was, every, everything was there. Now, the the scope of such a production, uh, like you just mentioned, and then the set design, the costumes, the amount of personnel that must have been there. Uh, and you've been on some pretty notable shows. Has Stranger Things been one of the most impressive sets that you've been on for you? in your opinion yeah absolutely as also because of my uh of my length of being on that set we were there for for pretty much two months it was march and april 2021 so you know you you build friendships you build relationships with people you also come to the same uh place every day and that makes it more of an experience Uh, you know when you are two or three days on a show or you know a week on the show and and everything is uh you know, you go through your lines, you go through your character, you shoot, and then you come back. Here, uh, there was enough time to experience the whole thing and, and uh, going, you know, from, from one setup to another setup, like the whole storyline, the whole arc mm-hmm. of being in the prison with, with David and Tom uh, until, the, until the bitter end for myself, yeah. Oh, man, that sounds so exciting. So, like I said, you are currently in Amsterdam, comedy drama, currently in theaters, alongside a very impressive cast. Now, for our audience that has never heard of Amsterdam, tell us what the movie is about, basically. So now I, I, I finally can say more about it, because when I went to the premiere in New York, I haven't seen it yet. And because, you know, knowing from being on set how much was changing pretty much hour to hour, not only day to day, with, with David Russell, who was the director, mm-hmm. incredible 
incredible director I always dreamed about working with. Uh, but he was changing a lot of things. He was throwing a lot of improv lines to actors, changing the storyline while shooting. You know, so I, I didn't really know a lot of answers I was asked before the premiere. But now I know because I finally saw the movie. I think it's a, it has a very sentimental value. Mm -hmm. I think it has a very strong and positive message at the very end. Uh, it has tons of humor. And some of those actors... Uh, are just so extremely funny. Like Mike Myers is so extremely funny in this film. Oh man, I, 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 he's a, incredible. <laughs> he's been a funny guy for a very, very long yeah. time. He is definitely talented. Now, whenever you're on a set, regardless of size and budget, whether you're acting, consulting, doing voice work, are you always trying to learn and continue to hone your craft? Yeah, that's that's extremely important part and. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because I, I had a chance to work with some incredible actors, like and I, see them at work, like Colin Firth when I did The Staircase, or, or Christian Bale when I did Amsterdam. You know, and for me, those are the moments I can learn the most. You know, from masters like that. And I observe that the greatest, the best actors in the world, they never stop learning. You know, they mm -hmm. constantly work. They work even harder than I would say a lot of working actors i'm talking about the the greatest actors yeah i just saw an interview with christian bell and and he said that he was looking for inspiration for this for his character on amsterdam and he one day he saw, saw some this random guy walking through the streets of i think downtown la and and he started imitating his walk and his movement and he used it for the film and he says i've never talked to the guy i never met the guy after that and but i borrowed something from him for for the character and this is extremely inspiring to hear that and i remember from the set from shooting amsterdam a, a christian bell and i never seen anything like that he was in character even during the lunch breaks wow I mean, he would talk normally but he would talk with the mannerism mm -hmm. of the character he would walk with the mannerism of the character and and what a, what an incredible human being wow i did not know that going back to david o russell the director of amsterdam the way you described him, you know, really uh, last minute changes uh, as an actor being directed by by David, was that did that make it more challenging, uh, not knowing what you're going to face when you went on the set every day? For me, it was actually an adventure. Uh, I don't know why, but after seven, eight months of sitting at home during the pandemic, and now I'm finally in a on set with some of the greatest actors alive, I was just so extremely excited to be there. That for me was an incredible adventure. Like I, I've never felt that way before or after that. You know, it was more than a job. It was something else. It was a different experience. And um, and and I'll tell you one thing about David. You know, like actors love him. Yeah. Actors yeah, I've definitely heard that. Now, your biography states something interesting. It states that Kobe Bryant played an important role. For you and acting, elaborate on that. You know, I was thinking about it. It's it's been 22 years when I think of of me knowing Kobe Bryant because we met at the All Star Weekend in 1998, and then I had the chance to have a final little conversation with him like three weeks before he had this tragic accident. And uh, back in 2007, I came to LA for a few weeks. I was I just turned 30 years old and mm -hmm. I was very successful sports broadcaster and uh, I could, you know, I was, 
I could have stayed doing that for the rest of my life, but something inside was telling me that that this is not really the the path that that I should be, you know, following uh-huh. for the rest of my life. And uh, and I asked Kobe like, what should I do? Should I stick to what I have to play it safe, or should I should I do something crazy and start something from scratch, start something new in a new city, in the most competitive probably business you can imagine? Uh-huh. And he said, what is your heart telling you? And I said, my heart is telling me to try. He said, "Always follow your heart." Wow! And 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 I remember that the day when he died, it took me like three days of. I was really, I was really, I suffered, you know, a lot after yeah. that happened because he brought a lot of memories and he was sort of a mentor for me, you know, like a distant mentor because we only had conversations a couple of times a year, uh, each year, you know. But but he was an important important figure in my life, and then. I remember what he said, and, and back then in 2020, I decided to just focus on acting and and pretty much stop doing anything else. And I was doing a few other things like producing and hosting comedy shows, still writing, and I just focused on acting from the, from that day because it's like that's what he, his advice was. It makes perfect sense, and I need to listen to him, and I need to. What know, what a great story! Wow. Uh, and no regrets, right? No regrets in following you. No, that's what I thought. Now, now you are going to the to the staircase. You learned journalism for that role. Uh, is that typical? Do you do a lot of research depending on how big or small the role is that you have? Yeah, whenever I can, I try, and whenever I do, actually it pays off. So <laughs> every single time. Uh, sometimes you you're being uh, you have a, like last minute audition or you have tons of auditions for one day and it's difficult. But uh, but I know from my experience, whenever I do that, I, it's it's always working. I I had a bunch of different projects and and characters from real life that you know that I had to make sure that I do my research, that I read, that I watch documentaries, uh, or even you know um, in the real life, you know, yeah. when you play this officer, it would be good to go just. The police station and see how they work, how they, you know, how they behave in in normal circumstances when they get to work, when they leave work, when they go for lunch. How what are their interactions between each other? What are their interactions with strangers? You know, it's it's and and, and listen, you know, like whenever you get a chance to to work with someone great like Christian Bale or Robert De Niro, or, mm-hmm. because I consider myself a character actor. For me, Michael Stuhlbart, Michael Shannon are kind of blueprints of what I want to do moving forward, you know, in, in the latter years of my career. Yeah. Whenever you have a chance, you learn from them as much as possible because those guys are really committed to yeah. the craft. Exactly. Very, very committed to the craft. Exactly. And you know what I've learned by talking to so many actors, no matter how big or how famous or how popular, everybody has self-doubts at any given moment. No matter how big you've made it, everyone... Everyone is their own worst critic, in a way. Now, if you were to compare the European entertainment market to what it's like in the United States, do you right now see there's more opportunity uh, for you acting in Europe, or is it here in the United States for you? So I started here. I uh, built myself from from zero, from, you know, in my first year, just going to classes and then going to sets as an extra, as a PA, 
to the point where I can work as an actor. And I never had a chance to work in Europe uh, yet. A uh, couple of times, you know, I, I got close uh, last year to get a to get a job in the United Kingdom, but because of the Brexit, that complicated things. Yeah. Now, now I need a visa to work there. In the past, I, I wouldn't need to. So. So that complicated things. Hopefully, hopefully in the future I'll be able to work in in, in uh, England because I really love what they're doing there, and I have a great agent there, and uh, and ho- hopefully that will that will happen. Um, I would say from in Poland, where where I was born, I think the business is different in that way that it's uh, financed by the government in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So the films, I think, they don't have to be successful in the box office mm-hmm. and it's it's also uh, i would say a very small group of people who are in the show business comparing to to here and i think the way you building you're building your career is different here than there because there i think actors go to like a four-year college like acting, yeah. acting university and then after that they're being hired full-time in theaters and then they have agents who pitch them for film and TV jobs. So it's a it's a different business. It's a different world, absolutely. Martin, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing some of your stories. That Kobe Bryant story was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thank you. Uh, I want just a little programming note. Tomorrow we are headed to New York to be covering New York Comic Con over the following weekend. We won't be back on the air till next week. But stay tuned to our social media as we'll be bringing you guys live updates uh, at, from New York Comic Con. I want to thank our guest again today, Martin Harris, for an amazing chat. I want to thank our audience, those of you guys who have tuned in live, and those of you who will be watching this later on. Martin, do you have any final thoughts you want to share before we go? Yeah, I mean, whenever someone has a passion for something that and that comes from what kobe said i would say it's never too late there are some actors who started working a lot in their 40s 50s and and they're very happy because they love the craft i mean i think what you know what what even kobe said and what i'm gonna repeat in my own words is you know whatever you love to do whatever your passion is just follow your passion and then things will and you will be happy in your life because yeah. you are doing what you have to do absolutely i 100 percent agree with that martin again thank you so much for coming on here and talking with us guys stay safe and until we meet up again next week stay walking bye everybody